Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by BetSports. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. Kind of a funky NFL Sunday, Andy. I mean, the game last night, it seems like every, just Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, all those guys. There's a lot of points, but didn't really get spread around that much. The Bears looked live. What'd you think? Yeah, if you had gone to bed at halftime, you might have been surprised, and we were surprised. We ended up um, taking the Bears in the second half. That didn't work out. So deep dive halftimes are one and one. We are uh, for the week and looking to looking at the rubber match tonight with the the Rams and Cardinals, which should be a fun one. But yeah, that uh, that just goes to show. I mean, never bet against some of these really good quarterbacks. Tom Brady throws a touchdown in the uh, overtime to cover for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Aaron Rodgers goes – I mean, it wasn't just Aaron Rodgers going scorched earth. I mean, the, the team made adjustments. They figured some things out. The Bears didn't magically get a punt return touchdown and end up with right. – although the special teams for the Packers – really really did struggle through that game that is something that should probably be working on it's not something you can do when you're it's one thing when you're playing the bears no offense to the bears they're an old and storied franchise but when you're playing a team who is very good like the bucks or the cowboys or the rams or the cardinals or any of these nfc teams you can't have them starting at the fucking 40 yard line every day so i mean they do need to clean some things up there on uh on special teams otherwise it was a it was a fun game. The only I just played a couple props really. I had a Devonte just the chalkiest of props was Devonte Adams to score a touchdown at even money. I just put a little bit on that and said if I win this, I'll try to spend it all on stupid other props and didn't end up That's really easy. finding anything else I like. Yeah, so that that was a nice easy one. We'll have some first touchdown scores for tonight. We'll have some looks for tonight. I got a prize picks play for tonight. We've got some basketball. We've got some tennis and yeah, it is. It is Monday. Good morning, James McGinnis. Let's uh let's start the week out strong with some what's what's the slate look like? I've not looked at the association slate. I feel like it's always a surprise for me. Monday feels like there's a decent amount of games though, right? Monday, Wednesday, Friday, usually you're kind of bigger slates with Tuesday and Thursday being a little bare in the cupboard, if you will. Tonight looks pretty good. It looks like we got nine games tonight, so quite a bit to watch. Um, two looks that stood out to me, though. I'm sure Andy will go through and make his NBA bets this afternoon. My guess is he'll probably pass on the slate, as he does most days. I don't think the Bulls are playing. Uh, <laughs> Bulls are sick, you guys. I know. Got to get your Bulls team healthy. It's good. They got all those wins in early, so they can kind of rest here for a little bit. I think we're okay. Yeah, just coast. It's time to coast, Bulls. I should. I might just play the uh, – I'm going to play that song to pump me up today. What's the, the Alan Parsons Project song you know, where, the, where they used to run um, into in the 90s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I in the sky. I, I, I in the sky. There we go. I'm gonna pump. I'm gonna pump up my Bulls day, but yes, no Bulls today, so I won't be betting. I will be passing on the NBA. Alex, on the other hand, has a side and a total for y'all. I was close. It's again, as you mentioned, COVID's kind of floating around the league. There's a lot of injuries. Just some really, really messy games. Um, you know, look at something like the pay, like the Warriors minus three against the Pacers, but that's just kind of a funky spot. Um, some other looks that I thought about, maybe a Kings-Raptors under, but that could be tough. The Milwaukee Bucks look really appealing in Boston, but a bad rest spot. But we did end up with a total and a spread, like you said. Rockets-Hawks under 
226. Seeing some 227s, actually, some 226 and a half. I would play this down as low as 225. Um, grab some 227 myself this morning. I think at the end of the day, Rockets totals, as I'm sure I've mentioned before, tend to get a little bit inflated because the Rockets have a very quick pace. But as you go and look, a lot of that is a result of other teams, you know, trying to play quickly against them. Enter the Hawks, a team that plays at one of the slower paces in the league. I don't think that they're going to try to push the pace here in any way, shape or form especially given the fact that they're dealing with some injuries as well, about five or six guys, you know, only one real notable player in Bogdan Bogdanovich um, and I'm sorry, and Deandre Hunter. So two guys there, but just kind of some depth pieces. I think we're going to see a very slow pace tonight. Um, like all the unders here, thought even about a Rockets team total under, but both look just fine to me. 226 again, we'll play this down to 225. And then my Philadelphia 76ers, again, I'll kind of lay the minus three here. I'm checking Joel Embiid is in as of now. No question. He's not even listed as probable. It's just he's fine. He should be playing basketball tonight. Um, so hopefully we'll end the brown bag bets tradition of me betting on the Sixers and finding out Embiid is out on the show. Maybe I'll at least get through lunch before that happens. But <laughs> it just I look at this number minus three. I can't get this to less than like Sixers minus six. I mean, John Morant's going to be out for the Grizzlies. Brandon Clark um, and Jaron Jackson looks like one of those two guys will be out. Steven Adams is going to be out. If there was ever a night you needed some bigs, it's going to be against the Sixers team that should be fine. I got a little bit of a funky situation. It's a one-game road trip, and they go back to Philadelphia. But I think this is going to be fine. The Sixers have been playing really solid basketball here. I think they have answers to all the questions Memphis is going to ask offensively. So short of a random indeed rest spot or John Morant miraculously um, recovering and being available tonight, Sixers minus three looks like a great bet. Are we sure we can call it a road trip if it's only one road game? We need to – let's put our heads together on that and come up with something else to call it because – Road tri- I don't know. Road trip implies multiple road games in my head. Maybe I'm just messed up. I, I want to come up with a name for the single game road trip in like hockey, basketball, that. baseball would never have that unless you had some sort of makeup game. A day hockey, trip? A day trip? A day trip probably sounds good. Yeah, like you take a day trip. It's a Beatles song too. Um, it overnight. College hoops. College hoops, college hoops went well this weekend. I didn't play as many games as I thought I would. I've been working on where I'm cutting things off as far as win percent or my implied uh, edge I have on the games. I'm, I'm looking at another like slice of it saying, what if I played it down to this percentage of an edge? And how would I do then? Because I'm trying to get as close to like 53% as possible. You don't want to win 60% of your games and leave a bunch of winners on the table and not uh, not win them at a lower win percentage and just leave money. I'd like to have more wins and more money in my pocket because I have kids and they're expensive. So college hoops, I'm going to be continuing to expand the volume, pumping up the volume. I'd love to play like 60 games on a Saturday. I don't care. But uh, yeah, it was a fun weekend. Weekend went well. I think 11 and 7 on Saturday and then 3 and 1 yesterday. So what's that? 14 and 8. That's a nice weekend. I can live with that. Especially when football went okay. Total plays over under. I know. I know. Well, there was a secondary set too that like so the games I almost let's call them leans because that's Vogue and that's what people say on Twitter. So they, they weren't leans; they were just they had a lower. The of a lean. Yeah, they had a lower percentage in my in my model of an edge. There were 19 of those on Saturday that I almost played. I won't bore you with how they did. They did okay. So maybe next Saturday I'll have like 40 games. Today is a very stingy slate. There's not many games, but I was just informed I bet on a day game. 
there is a game starting at 1 p.m. Eastern on a, on a, on a Monday here, which I don't. it's not feast week. It's not conference tournament time. It's just um, something that is happening today. So today in basketball, we don't have another game till 6 p.m., but there is a noon central game in the Twitter. Windy City. Chicago State, I, I feel like the under is taking steam just because people bet the unders in these games. Like, oh, it's a sleepy Monday morning spot for these teams. Well, like I said, I didn't even really know what time this game was when I ran the numbers. It was 127 last night. <laughs> I really should start looking at on oh, look aheads overnights because these do move. But, man, you can't get anything down on a, on a whack total uh, the night before like this so chicago state under 126.5 i put this out on bets earlier today these are some bad offenses this first half totals like 58 i had no idea how bad northern illinois was they're a mac team and they might close as a dog to this uh to this team if we see any more of the chicago state's team in fact chicago state is now the favorite they were plus two and a half I know a few people, Dwayne, our buddy in the tennis chat who played this, he's on Chicago State. I didn't have the balls to do it. They are a team that turns the ball over a lot and doesn't shoot the ball well. And they're facing a team who turns the ball over a lot but doesn't shoot all that well. So hopefully a lot of empty possessions or missed shots. Neither team really does a lot um, outside of – I mean, just looking at, go to Ken Palmer, you know, any of your sites and look at these teams. It's a lot of red. They don't do much of anything right. They don't defend the rim all that well, which is to say like, oh, that, that can be a plus. Well, they don't drive to the rim all that well either. So um, the only plus I can say, I guess, is Chicago State does get some offensive rebounds. So hopefully it's miss, rebound, miss, rebound, miss, rebound, turnover. I'd like a two-minute possession where there's no points. That would be lovely. So under 126 and a half in there. And then the other one is a night game. Rhode Island is, you know, everybody bet the Bonnies to be the A-10 champion and probably still will be. But, like, there's this second set of teams in the Atlantic 10, the Davidsons, the Richmonds, the St. Louis's, and the Rhode Islands who are definitely a threat. This is going to be this is gonna be a really good conference tournament. Hopefully nobody gets hurt and these teams remain good because I have – High hopes for this Rhode Island team. I make this much more than the, it was six and a half. I think it's up to seven, seven and a half at places. I'd still play this at minus seven and a half. I make this over a double digit favorite here. I'm not sure exactly what I love about Rhode Island besides their shooting. They're, one, they're a top 50 team in uh, effective field goal percentage. They make their three pointers at an incredibly high clip. They make everything else at a decent clip. They turn the ball over a little more than I'd like, but their defense is also pretty good. And a little bit of a travel spot. They do have to play in Milwaukee now, but they haven't played a game since last Tuesday. So hopefully it's not like a, it's not like some quick turnaround. You know, coming off a weekend like this, hopefully they they didn't have to do too much as far as traveling from you know the East Coast to Eastern Wisconsin here. And yes, just real quick in Milwaukee, their offense stinks, their defense stinks. They don't do much right. And they don't force turnovers. They don't get extra possessions via that. They don't get extra possessions via offensive rebounds. They don't shoot that many free throws. Those are not things you're looking for when you have an underdog. So Rhode Island, probably up to minus eight. I love all the Atlantic 10 talk. It's very near and dear to my heart as a LaSalle alumni and a big John Cheney Temple Owls fan growing up. It's a, uh, Quite fun. It's it's just interesting to hear that St. Bonaventure is good. They were never good. I guess it's been a little while since I checked in on college basketball in the A10. 
I I just looked it up. I was gonna guess. I was gonna guess where, you know, where these were. We were in anger. So I'm like, we're moving from France to, and then I looked it up. This is also in France. So Indeed. we are still in France. Another challenger as we are closing. When do we head down under? I know we have those tournaments before the Aussie Open, like Hobart and Auckland and all. And you know, some of that's men's. I might be mixing and matching my tours there. But when do they actually head down to the New Zealand, Australia part of the world to start their quarantines? It's in the new year. I'm trying to look. Um, usually all that stuff starts in January. This is the last WTA level event for the year. I'd have to check the ITF calendar to see if there's anything down there. But um, yeah, looking ahead to next year, it looks like we'll start yeah just after the new year. The Adelaide tournament starts January 3rd, Andy. I know you're pumped. I do like those. I like I like overnight betting. Uh, I just like the Aussie <laughs> stuff, waking up to winners. But yeah, it's heading to... Oh, God, I wish the snob frog was here. Limoges? Yeah, no. It's Limoges? French. You just skip all. It's Yeah, it's French. You basically just, just skip say all limo. the consonants. Yeah, Limoges in France or something like that. Limoges. Somebody can anyway, the, from, uh, they're playing a 125K challenger in the middle of France, and you've gone ham on it on a Monday. Just a lot of stuff to like here. Just a, a quick couple week jaunt. There's there's been a few tournaments in France. It's it's one of the countries that has the facilities to kind of have some of these tournaments. It's central in Europe, so you get a lot of these European women that have just been kind of hanging around. Generally, they've been higher level ITF events. But last week we had Angers. This week we have Limoges. Again, indoor hard court. A nice way for some of these women to put a good finish on the season. Scoop up some ranking points to try to make sure that they still get at least qualifying, if not main draw entry to those tournaments you talked about in Australia. Some of those uh, bigger events. And yes, Lay and Compitant. I too watched Home Alone this weekend, James. It was quite good. And I didn't miss the second <laughs> one. It started right during the fourth ball. I couldn't flip back quick enough. He just missed the plane or something. Anyway, Limoges. A um, couple looks for us. One, this starts uh, sh about an hour or so after the show finishes here. Ankita Reina is going to be playing Caroline Garcia in a line that looks to me that is completely driven by names. Um, Garcia, once a few years ago, was a very promising tour prospect, was winning tournaments, just a really overwhelmingly talented player, and has just kind of stunk for the last two years. Very up and down, extremely inconsistent, hasn't played tennis for at least a month, if not two months at this point, and comes in and plays someone that, you know, frankly, and Reina is worse than her, absolutely worse than her. Garcia, even in her poor form, should be favored here, but Reina's been playing tennis, winning some matches. We're indoors here, and she's got a solid enough serve where I like this over 19. I have this at 20, maybe 20 and a half again. A little harder to tell in some of these tournaments, you know, if this was the middle kind of the tennis season and I was looking at a 19 here given what I'm seeing I, this would be a bigger bet but right now trying to keep it small with some of these events so over 19 looks pretty good to me here was actually able to get an 18 and a half 19 and a half is fine too if you want if you're feeling saucy and there's a 20 at plus money go for it and then we're also going to sprinkle the money line again I've got Caroline Garcia dead cold here playing against Reina who's been actually playing tennis winning matches I have this closer to plus 300 myself so Plus 450, we'll put about a half unit on that. Again, saying some small mistakes here. And then we're going back to two women that helped us out last week. Vikliant Seva, the Russian, is going back to play Veras Vonareva, who she beat last week. I believe it was like plus 250 or so. Then I said I had it much closer to plus 150. I still kind of have it there, and plus 180 sits. If you look, there's plus 190s out there. That looks great. Anything plus 170 or better on Vikliant Seva here is a really nice look. This one should be overnight. You know, probably wake up to this. Might be happening while we're having the show tomorrow. We'll see. It's always fun with tennis, Andy. You get up, you 
see what's going to kind of happen. It's a brave new world every day. And, Jessica, and nothing, nothing like having something going on during a show as we, <laughs> me and Drew were sitting on Bill's plus three and a half at overtime during the show last night. I was, I enjoyed watching that. It was a good sweat to watch. And maybe we'll have some of that tomorrow. Another French woman, Jessica Ponchett, plus 250. There's even some 260s or better out there. Poke around. She's playing Shui Zhang. Zhang, a very solid player, um, you know, is, was actually in the finals in last week's event. Apologies. I didn't actually look up to see if she won the tournament, but, um, you know, basically played a full week last week, is going to come in, has a short turnaround against a player who was playing pretty good tennis last week, lost in a tough three setter, has been here. We'll have a little bit of tennis under her belt. Again, it's a little bit of a travel fade, a little bit of a fatigue fade, but I still have Ponch at like plus 170, plus 180 here. So plus 240, plus 250 or better. That all looks fine. So a handful of dogs here for us and a total. Raina, get those in. That'll start in about an hour, hour and a half. And then Bikely and save in Ponchette. That should be early tomorrow morning. Yeah, Jesus, Alex. Diachenko upset Zhang in the finals. I think we all know this. As a like a two dollar a two dollar uh, a two dollar dog, yeah, it was pretty good, I think. the Russian yeah the Russian over the China the China player what am I trying to say Chinese like, woman. I don't know Zhang either I way the preferred nomenclature is Asian American though Asian American well she's from she's from China what's her first name Shui Shui Zhang Shui Zhang yeah she I guess it's Zhang like, Shui because it's she got uh, she got bageled in the first she actually probably didn't play very well speaking of Bagel. not playing very well the Rams kind of had a rough stretch there for a bit they lost a few in a row they had a buy in there they got an easy one out of the way um, with the Jags everyone gets that easy one out of the way except the Bills but tonight Arizona is a two and a half point favorite taking on and hosting the Los Angeles Rams total 51 and a half. I didn't bet this. I make Arizona a little bit of a value play here. I had the, my, my joke tweet was like, somebody's just betting the Rams because all the favorites covered this week and like, Oh, the dogs are due. So like, I, I get it. If you like the Rams, I'd probably just take them straight up. You know, that, I wouldn't futz around with the points in a higher total like this. I mean, split it if you're scared, but uh, my lean's Arizona. I probably will just be betting this at halftime, betting a prize picks, and of course, looking for that first touchdown score of via Alex C for Christensen. I, I just want to apologize right off the bat. No big numbers today. I went and looked around. There's very few players, honestly, offered some big numbers. And as you look at both of these offenses, it really is confined with who gets a lot of these looks. But I see some value in, in kind of these middle numbers here. You know, I'm not really afraid. Single digits are tough, but it looks like we've got some value here in kind of this 10 to 16 to 1 range. Kyler Murray, or Calamari as our friend calls him a little bit, um, a very good rushing threat. Second in the Cardinals in terms of rushing into inside the 10, inside the 20. Happy to get him at 13 to one here against the Rams defense that has actually let a couple quarterbacks already get in this year. Um, didn't take Mr. Stafford. He hasn't really rushed for a touchdown in a long time. If you want to go ahead, I might even do it myself as a little bit of FOMO just before the game. Will likely depend on how much bourbon I've had by then, but we'll see. There could be a little FOMO Stafford sprinkle before the game, but just doesn't really seem a good bet at even a huge number. Um, then we kind of go to the wide receivers here. Van Jefferson has been a red zone target all year. We saw him score in this matchup earlier, and I think we're going to see kind of a lot of the same things. Um, 
I think, you know, initially I was worried Robert Woods comes out. I thought he would move into that role, but they were able to pick up Odell Beckham, kind of put him in the Woods role and keep Jefferson kind of attacking, you know, second and third quarterbacks where he's been very good all year. So 13 to one, I like that on him. Ertz, you know, 16 to one, he's been a solid target for Kyler Murray. He, his targets were down in the last game, and I think that's probably why we're getting a 16 to one here as opposed to the 12 or 13 we normally see. But has been a red zone target for Murray. AJ Green leads the car the Cardinals in red zone targets, has more red zone targets than Hopkins does this year. You know, when they get close to the end zone, he is still someone that can find a lot of space. He gets open. Um, and again, isn't quite getting the same attention he was used to back when he was the number one guy on the Bengals forever. And Tyler Higby, you know, again, you look, it's Robert Woods, it's Cooper Cup. Obviously, Woods isn't there anymore. Tyler Higby now second in targets once he kind of backed Woods out. Stafford looks for him. Um, McVeigh's been very good about kind of moving Higby around and finding spots for him. So no big numbers today, but I feel like we got a pretty solid shot here with this group of five. Yeah, I'm actually double dipping on all of them. I'm going to play them all as anytime touchdown scores as well at obviously lower prices. So hopefully we get one and then the other four score in rapid succession after that. And hopefully Murray's touchdown. First touchdown. Hopefully Murray's is a one yard touchdown because my price picks entry has him under his rushing yards total today. Um, this was a tough decision, but you know, every once in a while I sprinkle in an under he's only, he does run a bunch and he's missed some games. He's only played, you know, nine games, but he's only eclipsed this in three of them. One of them was versus the Rams, if we're being honest, but I think the Rams defense is playing better right now. So under 23 and a half, the Rams in general have not given up a lot of rushing yards. They have a lot of uh, shutouts and one, two yard rushing performances from quarterbacks. Some of them aren't always running quarterbacks, obviously, but even taking that into account, they've only given up this many yards three times out of 12 games. And this rush D has played better since the bye, despite, you know, they lost to the Packers, but I thought they played well against the run in that game. So Kyler Murray hopefully just has one rush for one yard and the first touchdown and then maybe goes and sits out the rest of the game. And like you said, Van Jefferson's a guy I'm targeting today. I'm playing a few different props, but I put him in a prize picks entry with his fantasy score over 10 points because I think he gets the targets. I think he gets the catches. And I really think he does end up getting a touchdown as well. He's another one where you've seen the Robert Woods injury has helped him out as far as not only snap count, but red zone target share. Over the last five games, he's gotten just as many looks in the red zone as Cooper Cup. And his second highest scoring output this season, as far as fantasy points, was against these Cardinals about 10 weeks ago. So over 10 fantasy points. And Kyler Murray under 23 and a half rushing yards, playing this at a three to one price picks entry. And with that, Jefferson's we'll, uh... definitely going in some DFS lineups tonight. Oh, yeah. Jefferson, Jefferson's my captain. Oh, captain, we'll my ask, captain. Yeah. We'll have to ask the team if we're allowed to do that, but I think that's a good idea. What? I'm going to have to talk to Patrick here. I guess I didn't end up winning the Price Picks NFL contest. Maybe it was a different Price Picks cornerback. I guess I'll have, I'm going to I'm going to talk to the powers that be right after this. In fact, I have a meeting at 11 anyway, so we got to wrap this up. Like, subscribe, re, you know, retweet, hit the thumbs up on the YouTube, all of you guys, even the the bots that are putting some random stuff in the chat. If we'll you take like some bots, we're not above that. If you are sentient, Please hit the thumbs up. And for me and Alex and producer Dan, everyone here at Bets Birds, we'll catch you tomorrow.